Hey, what's up, everybody? It's Coach Josh. I want to officially welcome you guys out to the live Q&A with yours truly here on YouTube. Hope you all are doing exceptionally well. Um, I pray that your weekend is going uh, well so far and that you guys are enjoying uh, um, some recuperation, some um, some rest. Uh, and I'm excited to uh, do these live Q&As. And my goal for those who are brand new is to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use and to help you make better sense of your life. And um, also, these videos seemingly are longer, so below are all the timestamps. Also, I'll let you guys know, I will be doing one-on-one -on -one coaches. I'm back at it. I was going to wait to the summer, but I'm going to start in February. So if you want one-on-one -on -one coaching with myself, make sure you go to my website, IamUnplugged.com, and go to the Custom Coaching tab. And uh, so let me know what your budget is. Let me know what you want to do, what you are able to do. And I'll definitely custom a coaching session for you because a lot of y'all are asking me a lot of questions questions that needs a little bit more attention. And I want to open that service up to all of y'all. So go ahead and go to the website now. Hope uh, I'm able to help you, which I believe I, I am. But uh, if if the time and everything works well, I'll make sure to lean on the spirit, but it'll help you. But let's get right in. But I also want to say thank you to everyone who's been watching, listening on Google Play, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and Spotify, as well as those who's watching the replay now. Thank you so much. And if you're brand new, and you feel like uh, that I could be your coach here online, make sure you subscribe, hit that bell. And if you want your questions uh, um, answered, make sure you hit that notification bell because no man, no woman knows down when Coach Josh is going to do a live q &A. So I'm going to go into the chat, see who's all here. Let me know where y'all watching from. We got a lot of people in here at the moment now. We got Life with Carrie. What's going on? <clears throat> Miss Forever, how you feeling? Elizabeth, hey, what's going on from Minneapolis? Destin for royalty. Hey, what's going on? In so much ASAP, what's going on? Uh, hey, from Georgia, thank you for watching. How you had a good day? Hope you had a good day. Yeah, I had a great day. Thank you so much. Very productive day, must I say. Andrea Love, what's going on? Melina Aruez, my pop, my, please forgive me. Hey, how you doing? Charlene, what's going on? Crystal Redeem, what's going on? Stopped my show for this. Oh, man, you know, the good thing about DVR and whatever these new devices are, you can press pause. I'm so glad that what I offer will cause you to stop your show. Thank you so much for watching. From California as well, Jennifer says, what's going on? Hey, hey, Sugar Mama, greetings. Shout out from my uh, Sugar Baby Dre from Tulsa. Thank you for watching from Tulsa. Watching from Nassau, Bahamas. What's going on? Call me Ken. <clears throat> what's going on? Hello from D.C., Philly in the building. Hi from Farmers Branch, Texas. Thank you for being here. And the first question looks like, UN Mute TV says, hey, coach, how do you practically look at your heart and allow God to deal with idols, insecurities, et cetera? Great first question. Well, let's look at the first part. How do you practically look at your heart? First off, um, you know what's in there. The goal is, is to take however time to write down everything that's in your heart. Things from the pros, the cons, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So practically you do this by, let me bring my light down. Give me one second. There we go. Practically what you do, you get a sheet of paper, get a pen, and I want you to write down the predominantly things that you struggle with in your heart. You could do things like this. Is it uh, anger? Is it envy? Is it jealousy? Write down. I mean, get so detailed. I want you to write down every component of the content of your heart. Let's say if it's jealousy, I want you to write down the people you're jealous of. I want you to write down why you're jealous of them and where did this jealousy conceive. If it's envy, if it's uh, insecurity, I want you to write down the insecurity what caused those insecurities, why do you feel you insecure, and the people that's, that contributes to the insecurity. I want you to write down every single thing and sift it down to the bare um, ingredients. And then when you see your heart on paper, then you take those components one by one. Start with the, the uh, 
the big, the root issue, uh, the idol. An idol is anything you put before God. It could be money. It could be a person. It could be the idea of something. I want you to write that idol down and I want you to write down scriptures that are counterproductive to the cancerousness of that thought or that content. And then reverse engineer a new uh, uh, set of systems, practices, thoughts, feelings, and then intentionally act on those different things. See, a lot of people, they just allow those different things to swim in their heart, but they never deal with them. But the goal is to get it on paper because once you see it on paper, you will begin to be able to really process through them in comparison to the word of God, in comparison to God's attributes, and then disciplinely, intentionally endeavoring, um, and endeavor, <clears throat> excuse me, to, to, to overcome those things one by one. So how do you practice? look at your heart? You look at your heart by putting the contents on your heart on paper, every component of that content, and put uh, a counterproductive scriptures that will be counterproductive against the false production of those contents in your heart, and then intentionally uh, um, go in disciplinely wise and, and reverse those different things through the help of the Holy Ghost. Next part, and allow God to heal uh, deal with idols, insecurity, etc. Now, you have to be prepared for that because anytime you ask God to deal with an idol, you're about to go through excruciating pain. There's no greater pain that a person will ever go through than being ripped from their idols. There's no greater pain because that thing has your identity. That thing has your uh, uh, um, uh, self-esteem. It, it holds everything. And where that idol goes, your self-esteem goes. Where that idol goes, your your uh, worldview is established upon. So, so when you ask God to remove that idol, you have to be prepared for the withdrawal period, you have to be prepared for um, the pain that comes um, and deal with that pain intentionally by saying, okay, this idol must die or this individual or this idol must be put in his rightful place because I, we make good things into idols. <clears throat> we, we, You can make a good woman into an idol, a good man into an idol, a good product into an idol, a good uh, a position into an idol, but God will take that idol from the top throne and put it in his rightful place. And you do that by inviting God intentionally inviting him into every area of your life. But you have to first, number one, process attributes of God, helping you better understand why he deserves to be number one and why he should be in the midst of everything in your life. Because when you begin to see the fruit of that, life will be smoother for you and you will be more successful. So those are the practical ways that you can um, examine your heart and deal with the contents of the, your heart and then become a better uh, and, and, and have better character from that. Hope to help. <clears throat> Excuse me. Good question. God bless you from Australia. Dan Wright. Thank you so much for watching. Laugh I meant to hope you. Oh, I, I, I did have a good day. Hello from Fresno, California. What's going on? Crystal Redeem, Houston, Vladimir Pender. Good evening. Good evening. And so more in, info me as ASAP says, how do you know your worth and not get desperate? Great question. Well, first off, your worth is priceless. There's not a price that is beside your name. That's beside you because you're priceless. You were created by the creator. It's unfortunate many people determine their value based upon created things versus understanding or becoming aware of their value from the creator. It is the creator of a thing that determines the value of a thing. Unfortunately, we allow the marketplace to determine our value based upon models, based upon success, based upon money, based upon uh, positions. When now all of a sudden the marketplace is now determining your value. A lot of singles feel their 
feel that them, that they're not valuable based upon how the marketplace boosts up marriage, boosts up relationships. So now singleness is like it's a below value position. You have a lot of different things that's making people believe that their value is below priceless. And a lot of people are allowing their lives to be on a clearance rack of life when God never intended for you to be on clearance. He just wants you to have clarity because when you have clarity, you will know uh, uh, just how valuable you are. Now, how do you know your worth? First off, you got to find your worth in God and realize that you are priceless. The creator of a thing reveals the dignity of a thing. Every person is made in the image of God and God is endeavoring through his Holy Spirit to make everyone, in, uh, his children in the likeness of him. So your value must be, your mind has to be renewed and to understand that your value is priceless period. There's not a price on it. Now, how does your self-worth increase? By uh, submitting yourself into worship. Worshiping God, it looks like this. Basically, saying, God, here is my life and I endeavor to live it for your glory. Worship is not reserved at a 30-minute, 40-minute session at church. Worship is not reserved. And when your three go-to songs are played and you crying and you worshiping, no, worship is your life. In order for you to build your self-worth, you have to have clarity of who you are, why you were made, and in living that life in worship for God, because God said, I'm looking for people who will worship me in spirit and in truth. You got to find the truth of who you are and you got to get all the way down to, to submission under the spirit of God so that you will begin over time uh, uh, understanding your worth. See, your worth you, your worth is priceless, but your mind has to be renewed to the level of understanding just how priceless you are. That's why you look up um, uh, scriptures and marinate on scriptures about self-worth, self-esteem. Go to openbible.info, look up scriptures and digest until you begin to realize your worth. Now, the best way to uh, get into that uh, place of worth <clears throat> is to accept the 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 the, the sacrifice and the wrath that was placed on Jesus that gave us access to be sons and daughters of God again. When you understand the price that is that was that it cost for you to 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 have access, then you will feel worthy to be in God's presence. I think it doesn't. It, the issue is not self worth. The issue is, am I worthy enough? See, many people, the reason why their self-worth is low, they don't feel worthy enough to be God's daughter, worthy enough to be God's uh, son. And that lack of access eliminates them from completely understanding who they are. So you got to begin to process your sonship, your daughtership in, in God and know that through Christ, you are now worthy to access the father. And he says, if any of you lacks wisdom, he'll give it to you. And when you begin to uh, deep dive into that revelation, into that reality, then you will go to God because that's who your worth is. And you won't worry about going to some man, going to some woman to find your worth, going to some drug or not drug, but going to some place to find your worth because you know you are, you have been made worthy by the sacrifice of the lamb that gave you access to the father. Okay. And desperation comes from a lack of dependence. When you know for a fact that you are and I think this messed up a lot of people because a lot of us didn't have good fathers and a good father would not withhold any good thing from his children. And so when you understand um, that God is your source, that he's your um, anchor and that he loves you, loves you tenderly and loves you toughly, tough and in such a perfect divine balance that helps you uh, walk in accordance to his will perfectly through the help of the Holy Ghost, then you will begin to not be desperate for anything because God is enough. Until God is enough, 
until God is enough in your life, you will continue to go through the rough stuff of life. But when you know that God's enough, you don't feel desperate because you know you're loved. Those who know they are loved uh, uh, have limits. Understand this. The Bible says the perfect love casts out all fear and what and fear has torment. When you know that God's love is perfect, tender and tough in such a unison, then it will eliminate all fear. Low self-esteem is a product of fear. Low self-esteem is a product of anxiety and stress and worry. But when you understand just how worthy you are and you have access to the Father, you won't worry again. And then you will find your, your premium self-worth a priceless place and you won't be desperate for anything. I hope that helped. And this video will be chopped up for you to watch later so that you can kind of digest this answer over and over again, or just simply go to the time step of this video and then you will be able to kind of read, just allow the Holy Spirit to minister to you and utilize this video to help you going forward. Hope to help. Uh, let's see here. Crystal Redeem, eating my life away. Please help. <clears throat> let's see what else. See what, you, see what else you got, Crystal. Let's see. You're eating your life away. Well, let's talk about that. Emotional eating. I, I think that's what you're saying. Um, Crystal, you have to understand this. Um, you have to be in prime condition to fulfill your calling. Emotional eating comes from emotional ties. Emotional ties come from uh uh or the the fruit of emotional eating or all those kind of things comes from an emotional tie that's no longer there. And what I mean by that, you're still tied to the person, but there was a disappointment. That person left. That person, oh, life is not happening or the job is not there. And there's some type of disappointment that leads to emotional disease and which leads to uh, uh, emotional eating because now you're trying to eat to, to feel better. You're trying to eat to kind of, uh, and people do this in many different ways. They emotionally eat, they emotionally drink, they, they do all kind of different things to try to drown out the pain. But what you understand, what you have to understand is, is that God created you for such a time as this for a purpose. And when you understand that you have a purpose that you have to be in, in, in condition, uh, and to, to fulfill that purpose. And you got to eliminate those emotional ties and those emotional connections and examine why you're so disappointed, to examine why you're so depressed, to examine why you allowing yourself to be out of shape and be out of form and allowing yourself to be conformed uh, to an image of some type of image of this world versus being renewed mentally and being transformed into the image of Christ. God doesn't want us to be out of shape because an out of shape person is unfit for the kingdom of God because the kingdom of God is an act Active uh, corporation is an active kingdom. It's looking for active individuals, looking for people that's well able to carry the burdens of others, that's well able to fulfill their calling, to fulfill their, fulfill their assignment. So God is desiring for us to be emotionally, physically, spiritually, and mentally fit so that we can be able to fulfill our purpose. And I've been there. I used to be 310 pounds. Now I'm slim rev now. Now I've adopted that philosophy and that mentality that, Joe, Josh, if you want to be a reverend, if you want to be a person that reaches out and help people, you got to lose the weight because the devil understands that if I can get you emotionally disappointed, leading to, emo uh, if I can get you to be emotionally dependent on something, and when that, that thing that you depend on fails, I can have you emotionally distraught or emotionally uh, uh, depressed, which then leads to emotional eating. You see what I'm saying? And then what happens is those chemicals that's in the food will wear down your immune system, causing cancer to come in, stifling your purpose causing you to be crippled, causing you to be at dis-ease, 
You see what I'm saying? Versus in ease. And then all of a sudden now you're not unable to be productive for the kingdom of God. And that's how he stifles. He knows the best way to stop the person of a person, the purpose of a person is to put that person six feet under, to put that person under disease, to put that person under things that will stifle them and get into their mind. That's why they put these demonically, they demonically, uh, not demonically, but they're uh, uh, evil, evilishly put these chemicals in our food, put things in our water, things like that to, to slow us down, calling us to be docile and zombie-like, keeping us from being affected from God. And so what you have to process is, why am I emotionally eating? What was I emotionally dependent on? What allowed, what caused me to become emotionally uh, uh, depressed? What's causing these from my emotional connections and those emotional disappointments causing me to emotionally eat these chemically infused foods that's causing me not to be who I need to be? You, you have to understand that life is precious, life is valuable, and you must do whatever it takes to live, to live, to fulfill your purpose, to live, to pass down generational faith and generational uh, 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 wealth, to be in a place where you become a pillar of light for God's glory, helping people to be affected around you. And so you have to examine what, what am I most dependent on? What disappointed me? And look yourself in the mirror and be uh, uh, disgusted with yourself. Sometimes disgust, it leads to uh, um, progress. Sometimes you look at yourself and say, I don't, I, I, this ain't me. This shouldn't be me. And I did that. I woke up and looked in that mirror and said, Josh, you made your ministry your idol. Josh, you allow all these things to cause you to be weighed down. And now you got all this weight weighing you down. What you going to do about it, Josh? Do you really want to be in your children's life one day? Do you want to leave your wife prematurely? Do you want to find yourself dead and 15 books still in you? That reality check, Calls me to check off these calories and change the way I eat and position me to be now 60 pounds uh, lighter. And I still got about 10 pounds to go. I'm in a good way. I'm in the 260s, but I want to get down to 250, see what 245 feels like. And But but you have to make a change or you're going to check yourself out of here. Hope to help. Denise Nicole says, good evening, Coach Josh. Oh, y'all, thank you. Thank you, Denise. Thank you for watching. Christina Stubbs says, hey, Coach, how do you know when a guy is intimidated by you? Great question. How do you know when a guy is intimidated by you? You know if a guy is intimidated by you by his actions. You know a guy is intimidated by you by him not even inviting himself into your presence. And you should desire to be intimidating. Every woman should intimidate no good men. Your standards should intimidate them. Your, your, your standards and your values and your principles should only invite the right one. Uh, and so what ladies have to understand is that the, the way you view yourself, the way you carry yourself will determine people's access to you. And so, and, and a lot of people think, well, if no one's coming around me, then I should lower my standards to at least welcome more people in. But I bet you if you go to a Bentley dealership, I bet you if you go to a, a Roy's Royce dealership, there's no cars on sale. It don't matter if that car has been sitting there for years. That car was handmade. That car was handcrafted. You can go to a Honda dealership and they can have a discount and have a sale. You can go to you can go to any other dealerships of of not uh, everyday cars and find find clearances and find deals. You you never notice you never seen a Bentley commercial. You never seen a Ferrari commercial. You never seen a Porsche commercial because the they don't need to commercialize their product. Their product brings the clients in. And so what you have to understand is that when a person a person 
person will not come into your dealership if they know they first can't afford you. And number two, they can't afford the maintenance of you. You have to understand that no matter what position you hold as a woman, there's maintenance that a man has to pay. And when it comes to a man or a good man to a woman, there's maintenance that a woman has to pay. And most people think they can afford a wedding, but they can't afford a marriage. And what happens is because marriage has maintenance fees. You see what I'm saying? Anybody can pay for a wedding. Anybody can pay for that. You can go in debt for that, but you can't go in debt for a marriage. You see what I'm saying? <clears throat> because marriage is for mature audiences only. It's only for people who are well able to manage everything that comes with marriage. And so what you have to understand is that just because uh, you're intimidating, because you you have Christ's character, that you're not intimidating because you're just a, a, a overly zealously strong woman, but you're just intimidating because you carry Christ as, as a light. That's what happens. And, and there's going to be a lot of seasons where a lot of people's not going to approach you, but that's okay. Because the people that can afford, I don't, don't use that. Don't look at that word afford as a bad thing, but those who can, uh, who can, uh, uh, um, appreciate, uh, and, and oh, let's use the word afford, afford, uh, um, your presence can, uh, and also, uh, are able to pay for the maintenance. <clears throat> those people, that person that God has for you will be well labeled, but everyone else, that's why a lot of women are like Hondas. A lot of men are like Hondas. That's why everybody's getting relationships right now. That's why everybody's getting married because every marriage has been considered to be on clearance. And marriage is considered to be one of those things that's low value, low hanging fruit. And God said, my, my original uh, price and value of marriage has never changed. And people go into the wedding because weddings look cool. But when they go through the front door, the core door of marriage, they begin to see marriage is weighty, marriage is heavy. Then all of a sudden, when they find themselves uh, being evicted, they find themselves being burdened and breaking down, then marriage breaks them. So my advice to you is, you know, when a guy, a guy is intimidated, when they cannot uh, 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 handle what comes with you and that you carry something about you that won't allow them to manipulate you, that they, yet you carry something that they know good and well, they're not able or mature enough to manage. If a woman carries herself with class and a woman carries herself with, with integrity and dignity, most men knows that when they look at themselves, when they look at their account, when they look at their lives, they know good and well, I can't afford to be in her presence. I can't afford the maintenance that comes with her um, because uh, 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 I'm just not there yet. And that's okay. And when women level up, men level up. And it should be when men, <clears throat> it just mean, it should mean that all of us level up together. But, but, but it's something about a woman that carries self that will make a good man work. That's what my wife did for me. I was a good man. She was a great woman. And what happens? I was had some boy tendencies and the way she carried herself caused me to carry myself up to a higher level to, to prove to her that I'm well able to not only, uh, 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 be honored to have her in my presence, but to be able to sustain her presence uh, um, um, uh, forever, if that makes sense. So hope that help. <clears throat> Excuse me. Charlene Norris says, is it really okay to build a close friendship with a brother in Christ? What do I do when I start to like him? Um, it, it is probably not in our best interest to be involved with the opposite sex in a friendship category when there's attraction. Because just like you said in the last sentence, now you're beginning to starting to like him. And so what happens is many people um, they utilize the friend, the friend, uh, they utilize friendship as an opportunity to camouflage their original uh, intent. And so 
Ladies make themselves available. Men make themselves available and they think they're fooling God, but you're not fooling God because God knows you're using friendship as an opportunity to, to disguise your motive for a relationship. And now when you get your feelings involved and you've been spending quality time, intimate time with the brother in Christ, and now we, well, you're my big brother in Christ. You're my big sister in Christ. You're my sister in Christ. Then all of a sudden we they use that terminology to camouflage their original intent knowing good and well they attract to that person. And then when it's too late, now your feelings are involved and now there's confusion. Now there's there may possibly could have been compromised. And all of a sudden now, 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 now y'all forcing yourselves to be in a committed relationship, but never consulted God. So the wisest thing is, is to pull yourself away. And if y'all already been somewhat intimate, not, not intimate in, in that way, but just intimate in conversation, intimate in feelings, because your husband is the only man that's well able to handle I'm talking about in flesh form is able to handle your emotions, your concerns, your fears, your deep uh, 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 concerns, desires. A, a boyfriend is not able to do that. That's why I think it messes people up because we go to these individuals before we go to Christ. We go to these people before we go to God. And so what happens is we divulge all of our intimate concerns and intimate desires and dreams to this person that's not even your husband, that's not even your wife. And then when they break up, they take a piece of you. That's why the only person that should get that kind of piece from you is the individual that has been certified and cleared by God to be for you because now your piece of yourself is in four or five guys in your life. A piece of yourself is in six or seven girls in your life. And then all of a sudden, when it's time to give that piece to you, everybody knows you. And your wife doesn't have the opportunity, your husband have the opportunity um, to, to, to really be that person for you. And so that's why I advise people to be real with themselves and say, you know what? I, I should be only friends with guys like not even like that. I cannot I cannot be intimately or deeply emotionally connected with a guy that hasn't been certified or a woman that has not been certified to be the one for me because of the feelings that invoke. And most of the times we disguise ourselves as a brother and sisters in Christ, but never consulted Christ about if we should go deep with this person. And then when emotions are involved, now everything's complicated. Now y'all going to the same church. Now y'all prayed together. Now y'all done did all these boyfriend and girlfriend stuff, relationship stuff. And now everybody's confused. Now you infused with contradictory things, contradictory thoughts. And now you jacked up mentally. And so the advice to help you with right now <clears throat> is to be honest with yourself and say, you know what? Did I even talk to God about this guy? Fellas, did I even talk to this girl about God? What kind of feelings do I have about him? Why do I have these feelings? And now that you have those feelings, you have to flood out those feelings by modifying your friendship, putting yourselves in groups and, and just telling him blatantly, if, it, if he's asking you what, why you change and say, you know what, I think I, I, I played a part in initiating this too soon. I played a part in initiating this prematurely. And I think it's wise for us uh, to kind of... Uh, uh, create a distance between us because feelings are involved. And when feelings are involved, whatever that man does now affects your feelings. And now if that guy, rightfully so, who's just your brother in Christ starts talking to another girl, now you and your feelings, and now it's complicated. And no man should bring no woman into no intimate friendship or no friendship like that, knowing good and well that he may not have the feelings like a woman, 
uh, at, to, to a degree, but he has to guard the feelings of everyone and being honest, say, you know what? I'm leading you down a path that I shouldn't have led. But if he's not at that level to have that conversation or to recognize, then through your recognition, you do the right thing by separating yourself and, and saying, you know, I got to flood these feelings out towards you and, and, and ask God to heal that and put God back in his rightful place in your life. Hope they help. Great questions, y'all. Okay, Denise, you helping out. Eve Maddox says, hey, I've been trying to break up with my children's father and he told me he would never let me go. How can to be free and safe? Um, <clears throat> no weapon formed against you should prosper. Um, and what you have to understand is, is that that's a manipulative tool. Now, you know him. Now, if he's an aggressive guy and he's a guy that could be uh, mentally unstable or a guy that um, um, may bring harm, then, then, then pray, take some time to spend time with God and say, God, what must I do? Who do I need to get involved? Do I need to get, I would say, get the, I'm not, I'm not, um, uh, going to try to, I'm not going to try to give you advice on, on, on putting yourself in deeper danger, but if you got a good pastor and you got a, a good, a good group of people that you can talk to, I would process that situation with them because there's nuances to your story. Um, I don't know what, I don't know the stable level of that young man. I don't know where he's at. I don't want you to put yourself in a position where you cause unnecessary harm by, 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 you know, uh, or allowing yourself to be paralyzed, crippled by fear and staying in something because it could be one of two things. And only, you know, this, the man, if you know, he crazy, crazy, then you, and then, then you got to go to God and say, God, I need your help and surround me with the right people. Guide me to what I need to do, uh, uh, to, to protect my, me and my family. And, 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 and God will protect you. But if you know that he's just manipulative and he's just saying this stuff to put fear in to make you stay, then you call his bluff and do what you got to do, you know? And so, uh, Hey, that's Pharaoh said he wasn't going to let God's people go. And if God got to show that man 10 plagues to let you go, that's at his de deficit. So I would just go to God and say, God, you are my protector. You are my provider. Uh, uh, you you going to let me go from this man. And God will do whatever it takes for your safety and let you go from that gentleman. But find greater counsel. Um, and, uh, see if you, if you got a pastor, if you got someone that, uh, that is in your life that can see and know the nuances, or if you need to talk to me, let me know. Uh, and you can give me the details in the email. If you need coaching, you can send me your, your, what you're able to do. And I can make, uh, make some more time for you and process it. Um, but you're going to be all right, but it starts with wisdom from God. You see, I'm so you can get counsel from me, but God knows the nuanced wisdom you need um, to to operate this. And I don't want to try to give you a bunch of stuff and then put you in greater harm. That's just not good stewardship of my advice for you. Hope to help. Elizabeth Ben Cole says, "God sent me to a new town to get my degree. Should I stay single till I'm done and wait, or is it okay to date around while in school?" Um, um. What you have to understand is this, is that focus is everything. God is not going to put you in a place to a new city and to a new school with the pursuit of a new degree and then bring somebody because you haven't established yourself. A lot of people go to college and they find somebody, find their high school sweetheart, their college uh, sweetheart, 
and and they're distracted from their purpose. Then all of a sudden marriage becomes their focus, but they never discover themselves. And what happens is now you're living vicariously through your children and, and causing your children to be pressured because you wasn't able to fulfill your purpose or you putting all this unnecessary pressure because you got resentment in your heart knowing that you reached into a marriage that you wasn't ready for. And I know countless people who got married young and they're struggling now and they're struggling because they, they, they forsook themselves for their idol, the idol or the idea of love. And they never finished their degree. They never finished their assignment. They never got that book written. They never, they never established themselves because how can you establish a marriage if you haven't been established? And what happens is we are, we are half done. Then other persons half done. And you think you hold because Two, because people think <clears throat> that you, you were created to complete each other. No, none of us was created to complete each other. We were supposed to be create, completed by Christ, created by God, completed by Christ, right? And through that completion, the Holy Spirit makes us whole in every compartment of our lives so that two holes make a whole marriage. Two half, that's why I don't like when people say that's my better half. That ain't your better half because half of you and half of them uh, leaves a, 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 what you got tape. You taped up together? No. We were created to complement each other. A whole tie complements a whole shirt. You see what I'm saying? A whole accessory uh, complements a whole outfit. And what you have to understand is, is that you should not waste this premium prime time of your life thinking about somebody else. You got to spend this time understanding God, understanding yourself, mastering your craft, becoming established and successful where you're able to live on your own, be self-sufficient in the sufficient of Christ on your own, understanding what it means to be a submissive wife and a sacrificial husband, learning what it means to be a man and woman of God. And then in God's providential timing, God will part with someone else that he hasn't made whole for y'all to compliment each other after y'all have been completed and continue to be completed by the Holy Spirit in your life. So if you're in a new town, pursuing a new degree, you should stay single. You should stay single and become the individual that you need to be. You have to be single before you mingle. You gotta be single. You gotta be, being single means to be whole. Understanding who you are, your purpose, because I got married. But I didn't compromise myself to 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 be completed by my wife. No, did my wife compromise myself? That's why people are like, why your wife hasn't done YouTube? I'm not gonna make my wife do YouTube videos. That's that's my world. When she feels like it, she will. If there's a part of her world, she can't force me to be out of character, to be a character in her book exclusively written by her. No, we are both characters in a book written by God, and we are own individual characters fulfilling the overall plot of God. And that's where you have to establish yourself. It is not okay to date while you in school. Get your education, stay focused, understand yourself, grow, and you'll benefit from it. Because trust me, a lot of people got married prematurely and now they wish. See, I had a lot of people, I had a handful of people say, man, I wish <clears throat> I did what you did, Josh. I wish I would have got that book done. I got I got 12 revenue streams in, in, in my life right now. Uh, well, I had what, maybe 10 when I met my wife. Now I got 12 after I've been married. But, ima but imagine if I would have just got married at 23, got married at 24. See, what you got to understand is when you're single, you got time. When you get married, that time's cut in half. 
When you have kids, that time is now cut in, in more pieces. And then it's all the time you have for you. And then people trying to cram in time to fulfill their degree, cram in time to get the book done. But now God is saying, now you got demands. Now your wife deserves that attention. Your husband deserves that attention. Your children deserve that attention. But if you would have just gave your attention uh, uh, from the beginning, then you would have fulfilled enough for yourself, were you able to give attention now? But how can you give attention to a man when you give an attention to school? Now you divide it. Now you halt between two opinions. Now that boy prematurely asking you to spend time with him when you got a test in the morning. And all of a sudden now, because you got a boyfriend who won't look cute on the ground, you you waste time from studying to be with some no to, to be with a guy that's not mature enough to let you be great. And he utilized your greatness to make him greater. Then that's not right. A husband is reserved. A wife is reserved from people who have established what they wouldn't needed to establish in their singleness that has positioned them now to now give attention. When I got married, there's nothing taking my attention from my wife because I've done enough. I can walk away from this because I've done enough. But great. But since it's my purpose, my wife allows me to give attention, but I can't give this more attention to her. But that's why you don't get married if you know you're not ready to give attention to the things that that demands your attention because you chose to be in that position. If you choose to be in a position as a husband, you choose to be in a position as a wife. You now you must give your attention. Now, if you may, if you out there making babies and you want to walk away from the kids, that's 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 a pansy a decision. Because you don't make kids if you're not willing to mold those kids. You see what I'm saying? Because now if you make kids, those kids deserve that attention. But if you know you didn't give attention to you. And now, and you now you forced to give attention to other people and other things. Then you're going to build resentment towards those things. It's best to give yourself the attention now, so that you won't give resentment to the other people in your life. Hope to help. I got time for maybe two more, and I'm out of here. Oh, it's ten forty-four. I might be. I bet I might be out of here sooner than that. Uh, authentic mind says, how can I balance my priority school hobbies and reading the word of God, spending time with God? Also, how can I maintain my focus on God and remove temporal distractions? Great question, my friend. Balance is, is, is essential for success. Um, none of us will ever meet perfect balance because life will always throw something to the, to the juggling. And then <clears throat> you don't master three uh, items juggling. And another thing comes in, you got to learn how to see what I'm saying. Every, so when you get a wife and then you get children or you get a husband, you get children, then you start getting uh, a promotion. Everything's going to, new things going to be thrown at you. And you got to find a new balance with, with, uh, with greater responsibilities. But how do you do that? What I need for you to do is I want you to get a sheet of paper, my friend. I want you to write Write down uh, hours in increments of six, I believe I said. So from nine, nine, uh, so from 6 a.m. to 12 p.m., then you do 1 p.m., oh, uh, 6 a.m. to 11 p.m., 12 p.m. to 5 p.m., and do it like that, right? And then I want you to write down everything you do within those hours before you write that, right? And then after you write those things, I want you to write down what you endeavor to be, what you endeavor to accomplish, what you endeavor uh, to be, because wh whatever you desire to be, you will be disciplined to do. If you desire to be average, your discipline will be average. If you desire to be great, your discipline will be great. Now, what I mean by that is this. For me, I desire the greater works of God. God said, Jesus said to his disciples, greater works you would do. Most people want a shallow version of Christianity. They just want to just go to church and read their Bible occasionally. They don't want to go deep into things of God. They don't want to be a soldier in the kingdom of God. They don't want to be a stewardship. They just want to be uh, uh, just casual Christians going through the motion kind of Christians. But when you want greater from yourself, 
in regards to uh, 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 healing the sick, raising the dead, operating in spiritual gifts. If you desire to um, be, be a godly man for godly children, if you desire uh, to be whatever those different things are, then you have to up the spiritual disciplines because any basketball player, any football player, it, the great ones, they don't go a day without touching a basketball. They don't go a day without throwing a football. They don't go a day without lifting weights. They don't go a day without their discipline because they desire to be great. It, your level of desire would determine the level of daily disciplines. And so when you want to be great spiritually, if you want to be even more efficient and effective for God, then you gotta you, you can't help but pick up the word every day. You can't help but pray every day. You can't help but but allowing the Holy Spirit to allow your spiritual gifts to be put in practice. You can't help it because you know for a fact to whom much is given, much is required. And if I want to do be effective and efficient for the things of God and be a a, a good a good soldier. Uh, and being a, a, um, a, a servant that hears well done, then I got to get some things done daily because I'm inspired by the work ethic of Jesus. Uh, Jesus wasn't the only one that's supposed to have that kind of work ethic. He said greater works we will do, which means we have to do what he did. He often went away to pray. He was in the, in the synagogues. He was putting his purpose in practice since 12. See what I'm saying? So when you when you desire big, you demand big. So let's look at let's look at what you want to say. Uh, spending time with God, it, it, based upon your spiritual desires, your your faith desires, you 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 can't see. For me, I have to spend time with God every day, or these messages won't be as good as they are. I have to, I have to be in His presence because that's where the fullness of my joy comes from. And the older you get, you will begin to spiritually, you begin to see the importance of those spiritual spiritual disciplines. Now, how do you find balance? You have to write everything down based upon your priorities. Number one, God. What does that look like between you and him? Um, what time of the day can you devote uh, devote to him? Um, are you more of a, and it's just okay. Are you, it's okay to give God appreciation in the morning. If you, if, if you're not a morning person like God, I just want you give God some joy. You give some God some praise in the morning, but you like to read at night. That's okay. But just know that he should get the first fruits of your day, because when you begin to understand that it's him in him that you live, move and have your being, you will have a greater appreciation. And the first thing off your lips is praise and joy, because you know just how valuable a day is that you woke up, but thousands didn't. Right. So how do you balance the rest of the stuff? The rest of the stuff falls into place when God is in his rightful place, because he'll give you the wisdom and the Holy Spirit will lead you into certain pockets to, to, to be able to say this, is what you need to do for, on Mondays, etc. When he's in his rightful place, all the other things will begin to find themselves in place. But I want you to write down what you do every hour on the hour, whether you say between these hours, I'm asleep, between these hours, I'm working between these hours or whatever. And I guarantee you, Depending on where you are in your life, you have two to five hours extra after working, after sleeping, after eating. You have about five hours left every day. And you got to ask yourself, what am I doing those five hours? And prioritize that time in accordance um, to what's wise and what's going to be beneficial for the outcomes you desire. Desired outcomes leads to disciplined outputs. If you desire certain outcomes, you, you in order for that outcome to be a reality, you have to have certain disciplines for that output. So you determine your desired outcomes. This is where I want to be spiritually. Meant this is where I want to be spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. And set realistic goals and say, okay, what must I do daily for that to become a reality? Hope to help. Uh, last one, I got to go.
Madishu 17 says, how do you truly try? How do you try to stop liking someone you think is everything you prayed for, but they are working on themselves on this season? You have to give them that season. You see what I'm saying? You have to give them that season. Um, um, true love lets. Real love is willing to let go. You, when you know for, for a reason, if you know, if you know for a fact that if I stifle this season in their life, if I try to invade this season of their life, then, then I have to realize that I'm selfish. Selfish people fish for themselves. They don't care about feeding nobody else. They just, they rather take the fish off their, your plate for them to be full. And those type of people, those, those type of people are not fit for, for relationships. So my advice to you is this, um, you have to reverse your 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 vibe reverse your feelings back into God and what you do that by venting to him like God I really like this gentleman <clears throat> I really like him and right now I feel like I, I I want him now and then God will deal with that and deal with those things in your heart and show you possibly that you're dealing with idolatry or you idolizing the idea of that person and then you're gonna be you then you're gonna be waiting like this are you finished yet? Are you done? Are you are you ready? But you didn't ready yourself. Don't wait till someone gets ready. You get ready. And you don't get ready for them. You just get ready for whatever God has for you. And most people are waiting for someone else to be available, but they're not ready. And then all of a sudden, when that person comes in, you have all these pent up emotions that bear hugs them and they feel overwhelmed because you was waiting for this monumentous moment of them being ready to be your boo, to be ready to be your man. Then all of a sudden, when they come, all of a sudden you got all this pent up emotion, but that emotion hasn't subsided because you didn't give it to the right person who was God that will let you know mentally not to get so caught up in fantasy world in your mind, to get caught up in, so, in such idolatrous fantasy that you forget to put real discipline in the friction of life and putting work in your own self that when that person does come, God is such a, so enough for you that you're not desperate for them. That's why it's important for you to understand why God is enough. Because when God is enough, you don't care about what another person doing. If, if that person's it, great. Because what if he ain't the one and you've been waiting? What if he comes back from, from the mountaintop and looks at you and say, you're not the one for me? All, then you're going to be really messed up because you spent two or three years waiting for this person to fulfill their season. And you didn't do nothing with your season. And this person comes back with a new boo. And all of a sudden you want to choke the new girl out. That's not what you want to do. You don't want to set yourself up to be the girl that's thinking about choking another girl out and vice versa. So my advice to you is um, there's going to be some people that's going to be everything you pray for, but you can't idolize the prayer list. <clears throat> don't idolize the list or the person that you're praying for. Don't idolize that. Don't worry about that list. Put that list on the shelf because, because you don't know if that person's everything you pray for until you married to them, really. You won't know. So a person can on the outside can like they have everything you pray for. He's six six. He's six three. Some people like them five four. It don't matter. You know, he's this shade. He got everything I pray for. You don't know what a person's really like until you see them and and you can't and you can't go nowhere and you live with them. It's that simple. So don't set yourself up to be emotionally pent up. That when that person comes, you emotionally overwhelm them or you find yourself emotionally distraught because that man comes back and says to you that you're not what he's, who he's been prepared for, but you didn't prepare yourself. Focus on God. 
uh, and, and dilute those feelings with reality. Sometimes you just got to just take the elevator down from fantasy world down to reality, come out and realize, you know what? I got a lot of work to do in my own life. I love y'all. I got to go. <clears throat> been going for 46 minutes now. I pray this video was a blessing to you. Uh, for those who's like, man, coach didn't get to my question. No worries. Um, I do live Q and A's often. Uh, make sure you hit that notification bell, hit all post notifications because so that you will be able to get that email, that notification when I'm going live. And I try to give about two or three minutes for y'all to come in and write your questions so that you can post your questions and um, I could be able to serve you. I love you. Y'all be blessed. Books online. Um, uh, the purpose of singleness. My uh, the best book, the, the most uh, sought after book that I've written <clears throat> is on is on is uh, available. Purpose of freedom. My purpose of singleness book is at uh, my job. But the World War Me for those who struggle with spiritual warfare. This book right here will help you. This book, The Purpose of Freedom, is a book designed for those who wants to overcome soul ties and strongholds. Um, the book Unplug, just the first book I ever wrote, uh, top things you need to unplug from and why. And my children's book, as he says, as is for the students I serve. Um, and uh, dating prep, what's my dating prep book? Oh, it's over there. Dating prep is a book for those who date themselves love of their life. Go to my website now, IamUnplugged.com. All my resources are there. If you want one-on-one -on -one coaching, I'm here for you. I opened up a little bit more uh, open months before the summer because a lot of y'all, God has graced me with the opportunity, and my wife has given me the opportunity to open up some time um, to be able to help y'all because a lot of y'all got a lot of stuff that need a little bit more time. Uh, so let me know what your budget is. Let me know what you're able to do financially, and I'll custom a coaching session for you tailor to your budget and tailor to the Holy Spirit and we'll make it happen. I love you. Y'all be blessed. Uh, T-shirts like these on my website. Love is not blind. Infatuation is. Um, if you want to give a support our mentoring program, you can do so now on the website as well. And if you want to support what I do here, you can do that as well by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. I love you until next time. Peace.